Greetings and welcome to It's All Relative. I am K. Chris Anthony. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Like, me don't know which part of the day this long time and what it takes you so long for reach here, so. But thank you for coming. And to my relative listeners, thank you for your continued support. We continue the journey with the final part of this four-part series. So, picking up from my last episode, you know, um, it was... I it, when when persons used to laugh at well persons laugh at me and stuff, you know. It was something I was very ashamed of, because people when because people I did, I don't like recording my voice and hearing it replay or anything like that, really and truly I don't because I still think that that flair is still there in terms of my high pitch voice and stuff but um it is what it is that's all i can say it is what it is and we really can't change anything about that or whatever but coming out of um all of that is you know um when we were li- um, coming out of all of what was happening with school and being teased and laughed at and being called names and everything from high school from primary sc- the latter part of primary school into high into all of high school you know i mean when i left high school i you know i did i was pretty i did pretty well i'd left high school with um with seven cxc's I went back there and I did three CAPES. I did CAPE Unit 1 for information technology in fifth form because I had done the CXE for it in fourth form. And I did um, the lower six. I did I did chemistry, communication, techno- communication, communication science, sociology, yeah, so yeah, and sociology, those courses I did in um in that so I only did lower six. I didn't go back there for anything else after that. And I remember when I applied when I had applied for um I wanted to, I didn't know what else to do after that. So I took a year from school after sixth form, lower six. I took a year from school and I stayed home. I just did nothing at all. I didn't work. Guys, I worked. I worked in two thousand and um, the summer of two thousand and ten. I was working. I was working at the office of the prime minister. Yes, I was working at the office of the prime minister at that time. In the summer, up to a point, because it was a contractual work after that, um, up to a point, and um, it was fun. We were working with the Mister Maker World, Mister Maker Unit. No, Mr. Rinko World Contestants with Terry Carell Reed, Dr. Terry Carell Reed as well. I you know, um, we were working with her, with the Students of Transformation to, you know, do outreach with them and stuff like that because Fabian was a part of, he's a caretaker 
for the CV garden for CV gardens and he was also one of the judges at the time for the Miss Jamaica World competition right um, and he was my boss at the time so that was my very 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 first job yeah um, at age 19 that was my first job age 19 was 2011 yeah it was my yeah whatever um and then you know i whilst i was at home my music teacher from high school had commented that he wanted me to help him with the cxc students them who are doing music and you know if i could help them with the, uh, with tutoring them in terms of getting them scores completed and and i went ahead and i did that or whatever and he was telling me asking me questions about what i'm going to do later on after I know that I'm out of school and I said, I really don't know. I really don't know. So he asked me like, why don't you apply for the Jamaica Theological Seminary, JTS? Because they now have a music and media course there. And I'm like, really? Okay, cool. Let me apply. So I had applied for there. Um, got through, started there. I only did a semester there. We did music. I was able to do the ABRSM. The ABRSM which would have been the Royal School of Music, um, levels one to three exam. And I was also able to do the Trinity exam from the same Royal School of Music with Dr. Ginnily Abrikian, who was a lecturer there at the time. I didn't do the media aspect of it, but we were focusing on the music aspect of it. Because we were new, it was new there, we were new. Well, I was new there, I was privy to go to whole music to um to study music um study how to play the piano um i also went there and did a little violin because my father had bought, purchased a violin for me but you didn't just learn to play violin trust me it sounds like mosquito in your ears you know the mosquito fly close to your ears that's how it sounded to me so i didn't continue with the violin um i didn't continue with much with it because we only did a semester there so I, whilst I was attending J, JTS, I had applied to the University of Technology there in 2011. Got through, didn't have the money to go, so I had to put that off, you know, and I started and I did an associate's degree there. Um, I got an associate's degree there from the advanced study people, them, you know, some something, right? And when I started university, you see, and I went down to go and take my ID picture. The moment I got my ID picture, I started to break down in tears. I was legit in tears, in tears. I was one. I was like, you know, to see where I am coming from, to where I am now, it's a privilege and a blessing. It's a privilege and a blessing that I will hold dear to my heart. And the words that I uttered right there whilst I was crying and persons were walking past and they saw, I just stood out because I went down to the, to the te- um, Technology Innovation Center, TIC, to get the ID picture done. And I walked through the emergency door that they had there because that was the door you had to enter through and come out through. And I stepped out 
and whilst I was stepping out, tears started to flow from my eyes. And I was standing there and people were walking past and see and they saw me and I didn't even care if they wanted to see me. I was crying. And I mentioned out of my mouth from the streets of downtown Kingston to um to University of Technology. I fought my way through. I fought so that I could come this far. And I am not going to stop fighting until until I am not going to stop fighting until I am able to help my mom and take my mom out of the situation that she's in. I am not going to stop. And right from 2004 up until 2012, when I tell you that there was constant argument, constant argument, all up until that year, there was constant argument, constantly. And I had to... And when my mom said that she couldn't take it anymore, she left from, she left from, um, from, 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 um, around Palm Grove Court there, so, on Spanish Town Road, in front of Delacree Park. She left from there, and because we got evicted, not even left, she, we, we got evicted because it was a challenge with the whole argument and the man wasn't going to pay the money my mom wasn't working and she didn't have the money so she just took us up and she left she left him there she took all of us her myself and my three little brothers and she left and we went down to this little shack area yeah i don't even remember the area around it it's it's the it's a it's a community that is close by to um to lindert's road methodist church Yes, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a community down, in, down that side, right, and it was in a little one, because when we were in Spanish on, on that road, um, living in the apartment, I was attending church, and my church would have assisted us with stuff, with food and stuff and whatever, whatever. So, because of the situation, and my mom had went, gone to the church and said to them that, you know, She's been evicted and she don't know what she's going to do because she don't have the money. And somebody found a little place and God bless the place with them, the person fine. But it was a little shaft, like a little room, one squeeze up room. I wouldn't even know the measurement of the room, but it was very, 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 very small. It could, it could have hold the bed and, and, and it could have hold the, the, size, the size bed that was in it. It could have hold that size bed and the other side. Like the bed took up half of the room. That's what I should say. The bed took up half of the room. And these things were happening. And I was like, why me? Why? Why us, Lord? Why us? Why is this happening? Why this keep happening? Why them something I keep on happen? And it was a very, it's a very volatile area. And I was at uni, going to university. And I had my laptop and everything. And whenever I come off at crossroads... Um, come off a um, outside. I would just normally walk it come down and my mother would fear because there are times when you like hear gunshot it, I mean it was ghetto it was we were living in the, it was a gunshot you like hear gunshot about the place same way and one of the church members he was a friend of his she said she have a little makeshift room see them, them can't stay there but them can't stay there for long that woman treated us bad the woman gave us a little electricity until one time she just plugged out the electricity 
because the only thing that we we were using there was the tv that we, we had left from around there and the bed the tv and the bed and one barrel which had all of our clothes and every two barrel all of our clothes and stuff packed up around there and you know the lady decided she now give no more electricity because she has to like turn up our light bill and the only thing that was plugged into that electricity was my mother's phone my laptop and um the tv that was it the woman said she don't want her electricity bill run up and we lived there for a month and a half without electricity so whenever i go to school i take the laptop so my mom would still be there and just you know do what she can and whatever whatever and those moments were like very difficult moments for us during that time and the suicidal thoughts came about again came about when I even went to my mom I was like mom I don't know how we're going to manage I don't know what's going to go happen but I don't know how to get work or anything for see what go on if you can't get work at that time my mom had been in an accident where she went to her mother's house as much as my mom and my grandmother don't see eye to eye As much as my mom and my grandmother don't see eye to eye, um, she would, she, my mother still have respect for my grandmother, right? And there was a time when my mom went up to my grandmother's house and there was nothing at the house to eat, absolutely nothing. And my mom went up to the house and I don't know if you know these mangoes, I'm calling them bellyful. Like, it was some very, very, very big mangoes. They're bigger than your average size mango you don't normally pick and eat with your hand. They, these are bigger mangoes. People call them bellyful. That's how I remember them. You see, and she went up there and she, like, picked... She went up into the, the tree and she picked... She was picking three of them. And I was at school and I got a call to say that my mother had been in an accident. And I said, what kind of accident? Is she okay? And I said, that it's very serious. And um, she said, them said that she fell out of a tree. I said, which tree? And I explained so that she was in the, um, she was at the, she was at my grandmother's house. And she was, she climbed up on the rooftop. She went up to the roof and she just climbed up on the tree there. So, But there were some, um, and she was there picking the mangoes and she fell from the tree in um onto the ground like the tree is very high up she fell from the tree and she dropped in on the maca bush that was close to the tree there and because you could went um but in my head when i heard them say that what all i could remember was the fact that what i know of the things that are the things that i know of the things that i know that are around that tree would have been like steels that are embedded in the ground for construction around the tree some mom waiting there falling from a tree in that area she must have been impaled by one of those steels and i was fretting 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 when i went up to the university hospital you see and i went over there and i saw my mom my mom was in chaos and she was in and i said mom you're okay and she was like um she was crying and she was like, Me just go up at your grandmother, me go up at your grandmother's house because she nothing was there to eat. So me see the two mango them in the tree and me climb the tree if you go up there and pick it. And your uncle was at the at the house because I um 
your uncle was at the house and he was inside and me climbed the tree and I fell. Missed my step and me drop, hit one of the limbs where she she fell from and she um where she broke her hip and she landed on her left arm on the ground and she was in the mucker, the the thorny bushes and um she was knocked out for a brief moment and when she realized that she was she woke up and she realized that she was in pain she was trying to call out to my uncle she started to drag herself on the ground a little bit until when he actually heard a sound and him come out and he saw her on the ground and him called the emergency services and they came and they picked her up and she was explaining and while she was there explaining she was crying and i was there crying as well because me said oh it could have been worse and when my uncle was there he was almost in tears because he said that when he saw her she was like really really because her skin grazed one of the the um the steels that were in the ground so he saw her and all of these things were happening and i'm like what is going on why why are all of these things happening and you know all of these things were happening and i was in a relationship with with this girl who migrated um from Jamaica and she went overseas she's now living in America and you know relationship and you know you, you as an individual I had I had so many things dealing with because I was dealing with the whole aspect of going to school because the money that I had saved from working at um, the office of the Prime Minister um, I was paying for my school fee I was also trying to put some of that money towards getting food into the house as well um, my mom wasn't working, so my mom would always try and go and hustle the, hustle the money. Um, whatever money I would get from my father for lunch money, I would always see if I can stretch it, to see if I can leave something with them, with my brothers, so that they can cook something and wait them there and ha- have something to eat and go to school. So enough time, majority of the time, I was just always, always going to school without food always going to school without food just to ensure that things are okay at the house and these are things that I had to go through um and it was becoming so overwhelming it was it was just becoming so overwhelming that persons would when I was much younger before I even started our university when I was in high school and persons would see um some of my friends would see me and say, Chrissy, okay. And I was like, Yeah man, I'm a good man, I'm a good and everything. And they were like, Alright, cool. Until one day I went to the guidance counselor and I spoke to him about some stuff some stuff that was happening and you know these things were happening and I was like, you know, cool. Let me see how we can get through this and he would assist me with things to see how we can get through with him. So whenever I go to school I would normally have like uh, I would have something to eat. If it's even a snack, I would always have something to. I would have a little snack, not always, but I would have something. But I'd still go to school without lunch money and everything, and I would eat this fancy stuff. But I would still eat unsatisfied because my body would have already adjusted to the whole aspect of having one meal a day, getting up in the morning and go to school, and then when I come home, I eat dinner and go to bed, and it's the same ritual. That was how it was for us, when, or what's for me, as, as by extension for us growing up. And it so it it, it going into um coming out of high school, 
and going into waiting into into college or university rather you know i remember sharing what was happening with me with someone who i thought would have been a good friend apologize for that break so yeah so I remember in high school when I had shared what was happening with again as I say somebody who I thought was a friend a good friend you know or somebody who I could trust I remember sharing some of my experience with them as to what was happening and I was teased about it. It was used against me. Tell me, oh, my poor. And my family, I got dropped down dead one day because that's why you come at school and you look so, look like, look so, because you're mag and you look hungry belly. Um, your eye, must sink down in your head. Why you always look like that? And stuff like that. These were things that were whatever. And one of them i remember when somebody did uh, when they started a rumor to say that you know oh the reason why chris always look like this is because a mother always i uh, get beat from him from the from, from him waiting in there from the manager do it or whatever and i went back to the same person who i said i said you know i thought that you know you were trust-. and i went to the guidance counselor and i spoke to them and the person had to apologize to me so i started and it's more reasons why I would just keep to myself. I would just keep to myself. I, I don't... To this day, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't. I don't. I may know a lot of people, or a lot of people know me, and I will see persons and smile with them. I don't have a lot of friends. And I remember when I was in um, Utah, I was at UTEC again, and I did the same thing, and I shared the same thing shared a surgeon with somebody and I heard it from other persons I heard about my situation up from other persons and I'm like you know Mm-mm. and whenever I express or uh, persons would see my face when I was um, when I was a teenager person see my face and I was always look sad I would I didn't smile a lot I would always smile and persons would come to me like are you okay and this and that and they will always offer me a word of encouragement or whatever i would take it but then when it became too, when it become it became too much now and i was becoming so annoyed that person's coming to me and asking me if i'm okay i started to wear the mask of happiness which prevented people from asking me if i'm okay if i am this if i am that if i am whatever 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 and i had to go through all of those experiences um all of those experiences when um when i was in high school when i was in high school and trust and believe and going into college it was the same thing as well so i just took stayed to myself when i was being my first my first official year at university, I never have much friends either. I just stick to myself. I just go to class and go home. And then I got a job at um, Health Brands. I worked there for four and a half years. I quit that job 
December, the first week in December, in December, because trust and believe, the environment there, after working there, after doing the first year and a half there, after doing the first year and a half there, or so, yeah, after doing the first year and a half there, it, it got... Thereafter, it got very toxic, very, very toxic. And whilst being there, I was paying for my school fee, my tuition out of my pocket. I started working at Health Brand in 2016. 2016, I started working there. Before I was working there, whilst I was doing, doing classes at UTEC, before I started doing my entrepreneur degree, I was doing classes at UTEC. I got a job to work on staff there at UTEC, at the career and placement unit. And, you know... It was okay and going well so far. And whilst I was there, that's how I met my friend, who is now my best friend, Michael, when I met him there. And um, I wasn't around a lot of persons, but because of my infectious energy and me being this kind of a people person, or I developed this personality because it's not it wasn't a personality that I had but I developed this personality to try and keep people from asking me about how I am or whatever so I'm always like bubbly and always this and always smiling and everything because I just don't want people to ask me about what is happening and all through what is happening I I was going through it and there are times when I would go to school and I would sit when it gets late when I when I have my late classes I would go after my late classes. I would go up to um, around where graduate studies is close by the where the, the medical center is, and I would sit on the bench around there under the mango tree and under in the dark, and I would just sit there and just be by myself. I had my laptop at the time, so I would have just sit there and just be by myself, do my schoolwork, and just do whatever I needed to do. That would be me. That would be me. And um, I needed a job because the money that I had, I w- it was running out. I never had any more money. And the school fee was supposed to be paid. And I went to... And somebody who... One of the, one of the person who I was talking to there, who, seemed, who, was a really, who was a really cool person, he introduced me to, um, to the career and placement unit and I went there and the first job the other job the next job that I got was at was at the first job that I got at UTEC was with the legal aid uh, not legal aid it was at the the um the the UTEC Academy because the UTEC Academy and the legal aid department was working was sharing the same office so I was there working as a student worker there I got money and the money that I used every single cent went back into school fee so I didn't even spend any money or time for buy lunch or anything so I had to still depend on my father to get food uh, money from him so that we can provide food for myself and provide food for my family as well he didn't even notice until like last year was it last year or the year before the year before he didn't notice until the year before when we have a, when we had a conversation um after all of that, no, um, I was transferred from the UTEC Academy and went to 
the career and placement units you know and whilst being there i made friends with a little fellow called michael edwards he graduated from utec i remember two or three years ago i believe he graduated from utec he has his um, bachelor's of science degree in computer science right and whilst we were working at the career and placement unit um whilst we were working at the career and placement unit as student their student worker there he we became friends and you know we just always talk and until he said something to me that that broke me at the time also there and there's some other mention to like um in terms of persons who i would talk to because they were just there in the space and we as fellows there in the space you know um we just talk and we just share and because everybody was just sharing their experiences as, and how they grew up and because we were all from different backgrounds one was from Clarendon one was from Linstead Michael was from Kingston I was from all boats because I practically probably live everywhere in Kingston and St. Andrew except for rural St. Andrew yeah um so we were there just sharing our experiences and you know we became close friends eventually and um, whilst we were there, and I remember one day, I don't know what was happening, and he came to me and said something to me, said something to me that broke me. And he asked me, like, Chris, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, man, my good. And he said, no. And I was being happy and smiling, and I was, you know, everything. And he looked at me and said, no, me not think everything okay, because no one somebody can always be this happy and that's weird that is weird and when him said I, is, are you sure everything is okay are you sure and whilst he was there saying all of that i'm like i started to break down in tears and he said yo we could go somewhere so we can talk and since then Michael and I have been the best of friends. The best of friends. You know, and I know Michael since him started UTEC. I think he started UTEC like probably 2014, 2013, 14. They are both. And I've known him since then. And we became, and we became best friends. Best of friends. And among the other persons who were there, we became very close friends, very close friends, because they were there to pull me out of a lot of things. And my mental health started to, well, in essence, my mental health started to become more prevalent when in my teen years in the latter part of my teen years because like you ever hear the same when them say the pitney asking mother mommy why your nose have pitney asking mother why him nose so long and the mother would reply and say yeah grow you will see and what i understood my mother used to always say that to me when she never have no other answer to anything when i ask her a question she would say that so i went on to understand that what it simply means that as you grow, you get to understand things better and better. So you perceive things that you conceptualize or you 
you you know you start to think about things in a different way than how you usually think about it before and because of that you know i normally would just talk to you know I would normally think about these things and ponder on the things that I had experienced from the past coming up. And it haunted me. I had nightmares about these things to the point where suicidal thoughts. I had caught, I came on the brink of committing suicide many times. Many times. And to the point where my mom almost, I was, my mom caught me one time where. I there was an argument not even a comment but there was an argument that was happening in the house and I took the knife and I took the knife and I almost stabbed myself my mom grabbed my hand and asked me what is it I was going to do and I told my mom so I, is my tussle been a day here in this world and my mother started to cry my mother started to weep about the whole thing because she's like and then she started to blame herself as well as to that she's the reason why all of this is happening. She's the reason for this or whatever. I'm just like, no, it's not you. It must be me. It must be me and my little brother because if we weren't around, you would have probably been a better person or whatever. And she was just going through it and we were going through it. You see, it got so bad where my emotions started to happen uncontrollably like when persons you hear a person talk about um, mood swings and bipolar depression which is something that I have um, you see I, have, I had gotten used to the whole situation of how I was raised and how I was grown and experiencing the things that I experienced, you see. And listening to all of those stuff, you see, I tell you, all of those things that had happened, you know, and going through them in your head, I felt like I was trapped in the whole loop of what was happening. And... It became so uncon. It became uncontrollable to the point where I started having mood swings, or I would have a mood swing and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know that I had a mood swing. Like one moment I would be so happy, like not even say so happy. One moment I'd be smiling and everything, and then, and then like another moment I am just always. I'm just in this sad, mopey way. And in another moment, I am just this angry person, very annoyed and irritable and whatever. I just don't want nobody to be around me or anything. These these things started to happen and I wouldn't I wouldn't be aware of it. My brother would point it out to me and my friends would point it out to me. Like, how come you did just that talk I laugh and smile and everything? Are you just all so sad and everything? And or you just get like you just seem so, like you're irrit- irritated by what is happening. Why, why? What's going on? And these are the same person that I was around that I could have expressed myself to, and said this and said this to them. And you know, when I break down in tears, sometimes I said to them that you know, it don't make no sense when they hear. It really doesn't make any sense. It don't make no sense because. 
you because every time you try to do something and especially when you do something um you do something good and you're being told that it's not good enough when you when you participate in something and you notice that you you need you didn't win and you you lost it you know when you do so well you try to do well on your schoolwork and you know you put out your 100% and then the result is not reflecting the same all of these things were happening and it was becoming so frustrating because I was failing course whilst I was at UTech I was failing courses whilst I was at UTech and each time because and, and then I know that because of everything that was happening you know and I was in a in the crowd with everybody and everybody um and I was just sitting there and um and everybody was laughing and talking and I was there laughing and talking and then it's like I remember that I just came out of this class and when I looked at it I was like but I'm not doing well in this class or whatever I need to put a little bit more effort into it and then when I try to put all the effort into it and I see the results of it is not reflecting the same it's like it it just got so much and then to the point that I started to question myself like what's the point of me doing this why am I there here so why me I do this might as well me just done might as well me just stop I can't I can't because the more me try the more me see like it's not working out me I fail this or whatever eventually I had to switch my program from switch my program to the bachelors of science in entrepreneurship and I switched the program to there and it got a little bit easier because it was like somewhat of a clean slate because all the courses that I've already I already did I um I already did I and I passed I could have transferred them to that course and I wouldn't have to do them over so it would have been like a clean slate for me but even with that being said there was this one course that I was always failing I had to fail it I failed it three times I failed it three times before I could pass it on the fourth and I pass it with a C minus and I'm still grateful and I don't care how anybody wants to put it. I am grateful for that C minus, whatever. That being said, um that being said, I did all of those things. And even whilst I am was attending school, there was the school had its own demands, you know. And at that time I thought I thought I needed a, a companion you know somebody I could confide in not just a friend but somebody who I could call my own and that came about and it didn't work out I was cheated on you know I was cheated on and that ended another one came where I expressed some of my deepest darkest secret to this individual only to find out that my deepest darkest secrets are being spread by this individual and so forth so it it was like it took a toll on me so school had its demands relationship had its demands um relationship had its demands work had its demands i was now living at my father's house which i am at now um because of 
finance because of the finances with school because I pay my own school fee and paying my school fee and living on my own would have been difficult with the work that I have and the pay that I was getting would have been difficult so I stay at my father's house until I am finished and so forth so yeah that happened so those things were happening you know and even living at my home living at my father's house it was also uncomfortable because the situation in which I came the situation that happened that that made me come and live at my father's house wasn't one that he was prepared for and um, wasn't one that he was prepared for but there were things that were said in the house that in my father's house that really wasn't doing well for me so whilst I'm going to school and having all of these things having these constant mood swings you know having these constant mood swings have um, the demands of school the demands of work me not being at home because for me coming home was like a challenge for me as well because when my class ends at nine or eight or nine at UTEC I will sit at school until 10 o'clock and then I take a bus from Papi into Harfordshire and from Harfordshire to Spanish Town and come home and when I am home by the time I got home it's like 11 30 12 o'clock in the morning everybody else is, at, is sleeping and me just come in me just whatever is on the stove for me to eat I always take it up put it in the fridge pack away some and carry go to, to, to care for lunch to school and to work and then when I get up in the mornings I'll get up so early in the morning I get ready and you know and I leave out so I don't really see anybody so when I even see anybody so I would even join other service like being a part of Nexus I'd be a part of I'm a part of Nexus Performing Arts Company on a Saturday is when we would meet so I would stay out late with my friends at night on a Friday evening and come in like around 1 o'clock 2 o'clock in the morning because I have a key and then I would sleep until like 10 11 o'clock in the, uh, in the morning get up get myself ready for to go for rehearsal at UTech um, go for rehearsal with Nexus at around 2 3 o'clock and that will go up until like like 6 o'clock and then I go out with my friends again and I don't come in so I barely see anybody at my house because it wasn't comfortable living here at the time because there were so many things that were happening there were nights I was sleeping I would come home and I would fall asleep there was a situation with my mother which I cannot discuss here that is currently happening I haven't seen my mom in two and a half years almost three years I haven't seen my mom last time I saw my mom was 2018 2018 was the last time when they had um when Bacchanal had its beach juve and I went down there to see her that was the last time I saw my mom and these are the things that were happening with me and you know when I see other persons going through a lot you know, there are persons who I never liked when they give me they gave me encouraging words. I would take it, but I just don't like hearing encouraging words from people because growing up all my life is what I would hear. The sky would be better, and the grass is green on the other side. The sky is the limit. There's a silver lining. This. Don't worry about the situation. God will make a way. Don't worry about today. Tomorrow will solve itself. All of those things. I would have already hear, heard these things or hear them. So I don't want to hear them. And 
is not something that I like hearing at all. There's nothing wrong with it, but I just don't like when persons would, would do it or try to encourage me any at all. Because what they're going to say to me, I already know it. Or the derivatives thereof, I would have already heard it. I may know it already or where it is going. So I really don't want to hear. And there are times when I was like, you know, I would want somebody to, to talk to without even giving me any word of encouragement. There are times I just cry out and it's like, I just want somebody to just listen. I want, don't say anything. Just listen. I don't want to hear it. I don't want no word of encouragement. I don't want no. Just listen. And when you finish listening, just say, okay. That's it. I don't want to hear nothing else. But I could have never, I could never find any person like that until I found Kimo, Desangelo, and Michael, and my other closest friends. Those are the persons who I could talk to and say things to and they would understand they would understand me you know when i see persons you know these things were what was happening and we see people having their own challenges we see people having their own challenges and you we see people smiling and laughing and you know and probably probably behind those smiles and those laughs there are a lot of things that are happening i still go through um bipolar depression because there are times when i do have a change of mood when I don't even know until unless somebody say point it out to me and I thank God for my friends because without them I probably would have been worse I probably would have I probably would have been worse because as a form of therapy for me because I had to see counseling for it um at UTEC I had to see counseling there was a point where and even with the whole bipolar depression, anxiety is something that I still have because I have had many panic attacks at work. I've had where I legit pass out or turn over at work. There were points, um, there were times when there was a point where a customer came when I was working at Health Friends, there was a customer that came and I was there all well and that was the only time I could recognize the change of mood. Well, not even recognize. I didn't recognize it instantaneously, but like afterwards, like a good couple minutes or so afterwards, I recognized what was happening. A customer came and I was serving the customer, and the customer was sitting in front of me like a good like two three minutes, and then I smell a perfume or a fragrance from the customer, and instantly tears started to flow down my face. <clears throat> I started to flow, tears started to flow down my face and the customer looked at me like, are you okay? And I didn't say anything to her. I got up and I felt like my, my chest was pounding. It was racing. I got up so fast, but like the, the, the fast, the, 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 the how fast I got up and I was running towards the restroom because um, my heart was beating so fast. It's like my blood rushed to my head so quickly. I got dizzy and I just tumbled down. I was in tears the fragrance that she was that she was wearing was one that my grandmother was wearing i don't even remember the name of the fragrance it's one that my grandmother was wearing it's not even a, i don't even know it's a perfume or a lotion but it's something you know those little round lotion bottle where it would come it round like a like a ball and it would have like that um that brown cover i don't even and the bottle is pink or peachish if you want to say that and it normally has lo- um, lotion in it 
one of those fragrances it, it would all come in like a little green uh like a sky blue or a mint green bottle but the cover is always brown and it's lotion and it's very it round like a ball it was one of those fragrances and um it brought me back to a point when i was at work and it brought me back to a point where i remembered when my grandmother tied me to the grill on the window and she gave me a scolding. I don't even remember what the scolding was for. I don't even remember what had happened. I think it was something that had, I think it's something that had to do with school or what have you. But I got such a scolding, yes, man. Oh my word. It was awful. And there, there are times now when I remember one time last year, one time last year, the beginning of last year, Oh my, I don't even know if I renamed this. So the fragrance is one of those brown bottles. So yes, it was one of those, as I said, I don't know if this part was recorded. It was one of those brown bottle, round bottle. And it's like a peachish looking color. And it has like a brown cover on it. And they normally keep lotion in it. And the fragrance from that, it hit me to the point where it brought me to a memory where, the point where I remember when my grandmother was beating me and she was she tied me to the grill on the pole, on the grill and she was beating me and she was beating me yes man she took one of the lotion bottle and she flung it at me and it burst open and it splattered over my face and it never burst it never covered properly it splattered over my face so it was in my nose so I could remember the scent um so that had happened mm. But that had happened you see and even so I had had the sleepless nights where I come home from school and work and being at the work environment was just so toxic and me trying to find the money to pay UTEC to give them so I can finish up my degree was even harder um, the things that were happening my mom worried about my mom worried about my little brother because my little brother I mean, my youngest brother who is in, who attends JC. Somebody who, him very, him not, me feel him have some form of dyslexia or whatever. But, or him have some ADHD or something, but his attention span is really small, is really short, and he wasn't doing well in school. So every time JC would call me, and wait in the, call me about him at school. So that was even worrying for me and stuff and stuff so all of these things that was happening was just really really um was really um rough I, again i had to seek counseling i still have anxiety attacks because i still um anxiety attacks or whenever like there are times when my mood would change and i try to see what i can recognize when my mood has changed when i'm annoyed but most of the time i'm like really sad i still wear the mask of happiness because I don't want people to know what I go on in my life or whatever and I don't want to hold it for questions because I really can't deal with them so when people see me I smile and everything they will know that oh it's alright man and Mr. Anton asks me yeah man my god my great he said, yeah, so, well, we, we want to go somewhere let's go somewhere all of those things you know and I recognize that persons who are always happy there, there's probably there are some either they are genuinely happy or there's some underlining reason as to why they are just this genuinely happy. 
are this this happy but we just don't want the holy power questions and answers and everything and in probably part two of the 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 this i had mentioned that you know the palisade strip was somewhere that i would normally go so whenever i would um i was in a mood or anything i would either borrow my, my mom's vehicle not my biological mom but my mom's vehicle i would borrow her vehicle and i would drive to the palisades to the palisades by myself i i would try, probably make up some story and say mom i'm going to look for my brother or i have something to give him whatever and i just go look for them and then just go to the palisades and sit on the rock and just watch the wave it's even much much more beautiful when when it's a full moon because i have so much memories out there with my mom and my little brother and the time we've spent out there that's where i would go to clear my head and just or even at the downtown downtown waterfront and clear my head if i don't get the vehicle i would leave work i'll take my lunch break i'll take my i'll work through my lunch period and take my lunch time because work ends at 4 30 so i take my lunch time at 3 30 and i just take a bus from three miles go to downtown take one from downtown and go to the palisades walk out there and i will sit out there until whenever take a bus this was before the coronavirus and take a bus and come in my yard come back in my yard more time i would go out there with my friends them and they would have a drink and everything and whilst they're there having them waiting in them conversation i would just go over to where this the um the sea is the beach side where the sea is and just look at the um just listen to the waves and it most of the time i am out there by myself and it just gives me a sense of calm a sense of peace or whatever and i find that sense of peace and relaxation from that so that is just um in terms of my mental health i still do struggle um do have struggles with it um yeah i still do have struggles with it and i do try to do my i try to do my best to you know ensure that i can recognize when um my depression comes or my anxiety comes and to kind of calm myself down as best as i can because i don't take medication i there was a drug called Cymbalta. <laughs> Not Cymbalta, sorry, Prozac. And I, I would have taken, um, you know, but I don't do those things. I try to use like these aversion um, therapy kind of a thing where if I can sense that I have a mood swing or anything or a change in mood or whatever, I probably call a friend or you play my Xbox or find something even if i'm feeling angry i find something that can cheer me up or whatever and do it it doesn't work all the time but it works sometimes and we in our society we talk about mental health and we don't see these things and we don't see recognize that people are going through a lot we may see people walking on the road and you see them smiling or whatever we just don't know what is happening in their heads, in their situation, in their mind. We don't know. But we should never take this thing called mental health for granted because mental health can lead a person to a lot of things. It can lead persons to, to overdosing with drugs, 
and as and 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 to the greatest extent to death and there are times when i see myself going through these suicidal thoughts and i would like if i should take my life that what would i be doing to my family it's not fair to them because what i'll be doing now doing now is to putting them in grief and they will be probably um blaming themselves that you know they should have recognized what was happening from the get-go or the fact that they never forgot to spend money for come bury me or all of these things you see or they start to question themselves as to what where did they go wrong all of these things and persons who probably have a hard time of getting over it not even putting myself on that high pedestal but person probably would have, our relatives would probably find a hard time getting over it why would i want to put them through that emotionally and i have to keep reminding myself about that that you know it's not about you it's not about you well it's about me but it's not about you alone you alone can't handle this alone people don't talk about stuff and some of the main causes of mental health and suicidal thoughts in jamaica and why men are more susceptible to suicide than female because men are not placed in a position where they are able to express themselves i was not a place in that position to express myself any at all i wasn't because you know as a man in group it's like you tell people it's like this this thing happened to you the man expects that a man supposed to always be strong and all of these things or whatever but they're not giving the avenue and the moment you start to show any form of vulnerability them start to say is it that you're a batman or you behave like you behave like girl or you behave like a sissy or something or another if you toughen up yourself man tough up yourself man if you behave like them things eh? these are what these are the things that cause our contribute towards people going through these kind of mental breakdowns where it lead them to suicidal thoughts or even as far as taking their own lives we don't know what um what is going to another person's head but we need to normalize the thing the whole thing about we need to normalize mental health the discussion of mental health and how we can combat this thing called mental health because it doesn't just start from us being an adult it starts as far as being a child because it's things that because children are like sponge and people form such impressions on 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 children children are unapologetically unapologetically honest they are blunt and straightforward because at that stage of their life they don't even know if what they're saying if it's going to really really hurt or the damages that they're going to do and people form impressions on children at these young age people form these impressions people form these impressions at these young age you see and we have to be careful as adults how we raise our children how we speak to each other how we communicate with each other how we deal with each other because there are times you have to wonder I have to wonder to myself what I don't like for myself I don't do it to others so I don't see why others are supposed to do it to me so if I'm not doing it to others, why are you doing it to me? If, if, you, if I should do this to you, why? If I should do this to you, would you like me doing this? And you have some sick persons out there who would probably be welcoming, but at, 
the same time we all go through our different struggles we all go through things differently and we all comprehend things differently but um i am still surviving i'm still thriving i'm still trying to make things better for myself as a person as an individual who goes through um bipolar depression and anxiety um yeah so i do hope that my story as much as i try not to because i'm trying not to break down or hold back, i'm trying to hold back tears but yeah <clears throat> so um this is my story of my mental health and you know things that contributed to it and um yeah so i hope that my story shed some light on somebody's life i mean there are probably be persons out there who are probably going through the same thing as again who have overcome these things are as i say who's going through the same thing who has overcome these things are probably you know all of that are always just overcoming these things you know um but we have to be mindful of the people around our circle and if you can tell somebody that you love them tell them that you love them and tell them how much you appreciate them you'd be surprised as to how much that can do for an individual who is going through these mental situations right and when you do make sure that you mean it make sure that you mean it right i mean again i hope my story has inspired i hope my story inspires someone if it's even just one person and my advice to you is that it's not the end of the world it is not i don't talk about stuff i really don't talk about stuff i still don't talk about stuff unless i absolutely absolutely trust you and thanks to Alain, thank you Alain, thank you Alain. You the word and I will continue and I'll forever use that word, the word discernment. You should have that level of discernment of the persons who you tell things or share things with. Have that level of discernment because these very people can do these things and use it against you. The last thing I had because uh, I remember when Alain had this very topic about mental health on Tuesday and I wrote to her and she shared it with um, some of her um, to her viewers on on the Edge 105 FM so you can check her check her out on the Edge 105 FM 105.1 and 105.3 I think 105.5 and 105.3 FM but it's the Edge 105 FM high frequency she's normally on Mondays to Friday between 3 from 3 to 5 p.m. And on Tuesday, I had shared this with her, just a short synopsis of what I did here. Um, I did here. So I said to her that I used to cut myself on my thighs in my teen years. It was just to stop myself from paying the ultimate price. Do you know how it feels to know that you tried and it's not good enough? You tried your hardest and it's not good enough? Being hard on yourself, blaming yourself for stuff, seeing others happy and can't even be happy yourself. Being abused, abandoned by my mom, 
to seek a better life for me and my little brother as well. That's what my mom did. So I wouldn't even call it abandoned really. But she went away to try and seek a better life for us. Right? You see? And among other things that a child should not have gone through. My depression has become so embedded in my life to the point where I was comfortable being that way. I had a breakthrough when my best friend, Michael, looked at me and asked me, are you okay? Because one person can't be so darn happy. It's weird. And at that moment, I started to break down in tears. I still struggle with my depression, but I am good at hiding with hiding what's going on because I am afraid of opening up to people and people take the information that I share with them and use it to tear me down because it has happened before and it has pushed me to my suicidal thoughts before. My words of encouragement to you guys is that, you know, it's not the end of the world, as I said before. If you can, seek help. Seek help that I do, um, like I um, say it the way I did. Or even in the way that you feel comfortable, you should seek help. If there's somebody that you can confide in, at least start the, con- start the conversation with somebody that you truly trust. And seek the help that you need. Because you're not the only one going through it. I'm not the only one going through it. I'm not the only one um, going through it at all. Um, Elaine had shared a hotline with me. And you can check it out. It's 888-639-5433. It's 888-639-5433 for persons in Jamaica. I don't know if... And I don't know for anybody else out there in the world who's, who's having the same similar problems. But it's good to seek the help. You can also visit the website at www.chooselifeintl.org. That's www.chooselifeintl.org. And you can go there and there's always somebody there who is willing and able to just lend a listening ear even if it's somebody anonymous you want to talk to because really you're not going to see them and you don't know who them be I'm sure them not and all the information that is being shared there is kept confidential right you don't have to give your name you can just call and just talk to somebody somebody is always there available to talk to you well um, thanks for listening to my story um, you can check us out for any if you have any feedbacks or any comments or anything there is you can follow us on Instagram at its.all underscore relative that's its.all underscore relative or you can follow my personal Instagram page that's kchris underscore anthony that's k-c-h-r-i-s underscore a-n-t-h-o-n-y you can follow me and you can hit me up hit us up, hit me up at any time if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns or anything thereof, you can just drop it there. You know, so yeah. So this has been It's All Relative. I am K. Chris Anthony and I hope I have inspired you. Keep safe. Keep hydrated. And God bless us in this time of coronavirus and hope that we can overcome all of our challenges, both mentally, physically and what is around us socially uh thank you so very much for listening and 
enjoy the rest of your day bye thank you for journeying with me on this episode if you have any questions comments or concerns you can follow us on our instagram page at its.all underscore relative or you can follow me at kchris underscore anthony you can leave your comments questions or concerns in either of the two dms we will surely be glad to answer you and respond yeah yeah for jamaicans If you or anyone you know wants to talk to someone about their mental health anonymously, because this is serious, it is very serious, you can call 888-NEW-LIFE. That is 888-639-5433. Or visit their website at www.chooselifeintl.org. Someone will be waiting to take your call. This has been It's All Relative. Thank you for journeying with me and stay tuned.